0: Our second lesson today comes from the Gospel according to John. I'm reading the lectionary text for this day. This is uh, John 5, the first nine verses. We keep opening our hearts and listening for God's Word. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew, Beth Zetha. Which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for thirty eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, and while I'm making my way, someone else always steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. This is the word of the Lord. Do you... Want to be made well. That's the sermon title for today. And when I submitted this title for the Bullets, and I had no idea how pertinent it might be for me. Most of you know that Ginger and I spent the last 12 days, or recently spent 12 days in France to be with our son and his family. Some of you know that uh, the last two days of that trip were complicated by a respiratory illness that attacked me and left me with a deep and painful cough. So I got off the plane and went straight to the doctor, and I've spent the last three days trying to be made well. So the sermon title has a special urgency for me today. So much of the time we take our health for granted, don't we? And we tend to think in terms of healthy and unhealthy. And in this sense, who in their right mind wouldn't want to be Made well. Everyone wants health, right? And certainly, if you find yourself today dealing with a recent diagnosis, or possibly facing surgery, or struggling against a chronic problem, blood pressure, diabetes, depression, diet, addiction, or something else, you would agree who... Doesn't want to be made well. We all want that. And just so you know, loud and clear, the gospel of Jesus is about light and it's about life and it's about joy and it's about hope and it's about wholeness and it's about that for me and for you and your life and it's about that for our church and it's about that for our city and it's about that for the whole world. And what Jesus brings again and again is healing. Real healing. The gospel stories are full of healing. The stories make clear that God is in favor of wholeness and healing. God cares deeply about human suffering. In fact, Jesus can never walk past anyone who's suffering, it seems. He heals them. Jesus comes. Embodying God's purposes, embodying God's life and light and heals. This is what God cares about. This is what God is about, healing. So why, why is Jesus even asking this question of this man in the portico at Beth Zatha? Do you want to be made well? Just a bit of background information. The text says that there's a pool by the Sheep Gate. Now the Sheep Gate was one of the ten entrances through the wall of the old historic city of Jerusalem. It was access through the wall. The Sheep Gate was one of those. And it says near the Sheep Gate there was a pool called in Hebrew Beth Zepha or as some people say Bethesda. And it was a famous place for healing, a pool, Bethesda. That's why there's so many hospitals that are called Bethesda. The name comes from the pool, the healing waters, next to the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. In fact, archaeologists have recently unearthed this site and discovered even the five porticos that are named in this passage. Apparently, this pool with these five porticos bubbled up at various times and there was a legend that those who were in the water, when the water bubbled up, when the water stirred, those were the ones who would be healed. So the pool at Bethesda next to the Sheep Gate had a legend of this healing water with the porticos and the porticos then provided a gathering place for invalids which is the word used in this text. That's the word. In the porticoes, quote, lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. So you can imagine the scene. The water begins to bubble and stir, and the place becomes a panic. Yelling and shoving, the lame crying out the paralyzed trying to get help, and the blind trying to find their way to the water. When Jesus comes on the scene, he he sees this man who had been there for 38 years. Often in the Gospels, there is this subject verb, Jesus saw. When those two words come along, Jesus saw, you know something big is about to happen. Because Jesus doesn't just see, in other words, pick up an image. It involves knowing, and it involves understanding. It involves compassion. It involves caring. It involves the coming of God's reign into that moment. Which means healing, and hope, and light, and joy, and possibility. And it says... Jesus saw this man who had been ill for 38 years. Jesus saw the man lying there, and he knew he had been there 38 years, and he asked him, do you want to be made well? You know, we have these signs around our city uh, that advertise the various hospitals. You've seen them? They're all over. Our hospitals in Richmond are very competitive with each other. And one of the ways we compete is apparently put up our billboards, and one of the ways we compete with our billboards is to say how long the wait time is at the ER. You've seen those, right? ER wait time is eight minutes or 18 minutes. Seems like whenever we're driving by, it's a very short wait, right? (laughs) I've never seen it say two hours. Imagine if it said 38 years. 38 years hanging around in the waiting room, looking to be healed at the pools of Bethesda. That's been this man's life. 38 years lying in despair, hoping somebody, when the water was stirred, would drag him over. 38 years years Jesus knew this man's life was very complicated and so he asked the man the question do you want to be made well as it turns out it was a good question because instead of answering the question he offers a complaint I don't have anyone to carry me to the water as soon as it stirs up everybody gets ahead of me nobody will help me get into the water He didn't answer. He offered a complaint. Now let's think about this guy lying in the portico by the pools of Bethesda. He's described as paralyzed. Paralyzed for 38 years. Another way to translate the word paralyzed is shriveled up. Shriveled up is how he looks in the portico for 38 years. How long does it take for us to conclude this is just the way it is? How much time has has to go by before that's our final statement? This is how it is. This is how it is. This is my life. This is how it is. It's pretty clear that this man in the portico has given over to the facts of his life. He's paralyzed. He hangs around the pool at in the portico at Bethesda next to the sheep gate. He sits there day after day by the healing waters, but he doesn't have anyone to help him get in. This is his life. It has been his life for almost 4 decades. And I bet if you ask anyone around Jerusalem Do you know that guy who sits beside the pools uh, by the sheep gate? They would say, Oh, yeah, he's been there a long time. He sits right in the portico. He's been there 40 years almost. Everybody knows him. This is his life, just sitting. And when Jesus asks him the question Does he want to be made well? He doesn't answer, he just complains that he has no one to help him get into the water. So here's the question. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? You know how it goes. So often, like the man at the pool, we resign ourselves to, this is just the way it is. So often, like the man in the portico, we get shriveled up in our limited ways of thinking and being. Stuck in a certain place, a job, a relationship, a life situation. It happens so slowly. It comes in deadly increments almost We hardly notice it. And pretty soon, either we convince ourselves that this is just the way it is. This is how it is for me. Or we fall into the kind of thinking, shriveled up paralysis that says, this is my life, and we just hang out. We stay there. A few days go by, a year, uh, another year, and then 38 years. And we quit seeking to become all that God made us to be. Maybe it's the joy of life that we once knew in our homes, that sense of love and happiness that morphs somehow, inch by inch, into the mundane, monotonous, and we just get through the day. Maybe it's our sense of commitment and integrity that we used to carry to work every day, but little by little, it drifts away. It gets covered up by justifying inappropriate things that we knew weren't quite right or begins to shape us in ways that we know are not really the best. Maybe it's our tendency to let kindness uh, be supplanted by selfishness. Maybe it's our tendency to let patience, this virtue of the Spirit, get overcome with irritation. And that's how we find ourselves too often. The patterns of our life, maybe our church life even, seem to be so much less than what God expects of us. Maybe we just get tired. It takes too much energy to keep giving, keep going, keep doing, keep serving. It takes a lot. So we slip an inch at a time. And to shrivel up places, compromise relationships, our hapless habits uh, start making our lives smaller, smaller people, stuck in a portico. And we think this is life. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how we're to live. You know what I'm talking about? Do you? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think we could summarize all of this as our tendency to fall out of God's grace. To quit responding to all that God is doing among us. We get so wrapped up in where we are and so acclimated to sitting and shriveled up in the portico. So absorbed in all kinds of trappings that we're not sure we want to be healed. We're not sure we can live into the reign of God that God keeps laying out there before us. A few weeks ago, I was in South Carolina doing a wedding and I ran into a person who I realized made a very deep impression on my life and on my faith and on my sense of ministry. His name is Jack. He was a member of my first church and he was married to Della. Jack is now in his late 80s and when I saw him I couldn't believe how he looked so good given all the health problems that I know he's had. Here's the thing about Jack. I've seen him in so many of life's moments. In daily activity, his going to work life, coming to church life, serving and doing around town. He has a contagious and joyous spirit. I have seen him in his home in tears at the horrific loss of Two of his sisters, I've seen him lying in a bed in a hospital where he's facing really serious surgery and setback. I've seen him in moments of great joy and great sorrow. And what is Jack like? Always, always, always so kind, so generous, so grateful, so hopeful, so patient, so loving, so forgiving. That's who he is. He's always trying to become who God made him to be. He inspires me. It's not about complaining. It's about being changed into who God would have us be. It's about responding to the goodness and the presence and the blessings of God that are laid there in front of us and always working to be the person God wants us to be. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? I hope we're all working always on getting up, on taking our mat, and walking from where we are to where God would have us go. If it's about a physical ailment that we're dealing with right now, here's the promise. God heals. Either in this world or the next. God heals. If it's about uh, anger, and a hurt that has beaten you down, it's less about the circumstances that made you angry and more about God's healing that allows you to forgive and to move on out of heavy burdens and problems, Heals so that you can be from the core, the new person God calls you to be living with love and faithfulness. If it's about a relationship or some sense of brokenness that keeps you shriveled up and stuck in the portico. Perhaps it's about learning to stand up in a new way with God's help. Learning to stand and keep going with God because God never leaves us. You probably heard this joke because there are a number of therapists in our congregation. How many therapists... Does it take to change a light bulb? It takes only one, but the light bulb has to want to change. (laughs) Friends, our God comes among us. Our God comes among us to address our suffering and lead us to new places of life and light. Our God wants to lift us out of the issues and out of the paralysis that might be ours. Jesus invites us to ground our lives in him and in his purposes. Jesus invites us into life and into fellowship and into faith. So he says to the man, stand up, take your mat and walk. So the man Who was so well known for 38 years. Sitting in the portico. Now has a new reputation. Walking around Jerusalem. With a mat rolled up under his arm. A new person. Jesus comes. To make us whole. To move us from. Membership. To discipleship. To move us from. Doubt to faith. To move us from wandering. To following. To move us from selfishness to generous living, to move us from God-like to more hopeful, loyal, faithful always. Do you want to be made well? Let's each seek to respond in new and fresh ways to Jesus' words and seek to trust Him and serve Him today and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, may your word and spirit lift us up, enable us to walk, find strength, and follow and serve you today and forever. Amen.